today we decided to have a quick conversation with with Brett, who uh, I've worked with personally and um, is a is a friend of mine, and we wanted to touch on the tattoo gate uh, scandal or incident that everybody I seems. That name. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I remember when you shared that with me, Jack, and you were like. They're calling it Tattoo Gate now. <laughs> I, I think it's fuck, ridiculous. <laughs> like, okay, so the, the the name just makes the whole thing even fucking stupider. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I don't really think there's any reason to get into the details of what it is. Because... I think I think a brief synopsis should be. All right. Well, let sure. anybody want to just just touch on that and say what? Yeah. It is? Uh, so for those who don't know, which anybody in the tattoo industry heard about at this point, but long and short of it, there was a, an artist that charged for a consultation for a tattoo and then charged on top of that a drawing, and I believe it a posit on top of that. Now, what the controversy from what I gather uh, seems to be is that the amount charged for the amount of effort put into the drawing that the client received was outrageous and uh i don't think the person ever ended up getting a refund or getting tattooed on top of that so i don't think it's so much the principle that this person was charging money for those services just the amount she charged um in comparison to the actual work that she did and uh kind of just blatantly the uh the client got taken advantage of um, so yeah I, it was I, something I like twenty six hundred dollars for a drawing that looked like it probably could have been done in a minute two minutes like a sketch <laughs> Not even a rendering, so yeah, everybody's pretty up in arms about it. Yeah, well, I I think the response has has been pretty intense, really. Uh, obviously, against the person sure. that that is is the cause of all this, the artist that did the the um, worthless drawing and charged a tremendous amount of money for it, and um, a lot of people are also blaming, you know, the the people that are offering business advice. And, and guidance for tattooers to create new revenue streams and things like that. And I, I don't know how I feel about people blaming, blaming anybody outside of the person that, that physically took advantage of, of their customer. Now, first of all, I want to say, thank God that the customer brought it to everybody's attention so that other people can avoid getting scammed like this, sure. because it's, it's definitely, um, definitely not an ethical move on the part of the artist, in my opinion. Now, whether the artist was maliciously, deliberately trying to take advantage of their client or just completely unaware of, of their worth and ability and skill set and just, you know, overcharging because they're just dumb. I, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The customer felt like they got taken advantage of and, and the, 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 the service that was rendered for the price was objectively bad enough that, you know, there, there's no arguing that. So yeah. I want to say that. Uh, the, the most ridiculous part of this to me is um, the artist that charged the drawing fee. I, I don't know who that is. I've been kind of following this, not like real close because I have a life. There's more important things to do. Um, I don't know who the artist is that did that, but they're blaming a, a, a big name tattooer who advised some people that took a seminar. Hey, you know, you should if you're going to be doing these huge drawings, you should charge for that time. And and he's even apologized. Um, 
he gave some people some advice, which isn't exactly bad advice. And um, everybody's mad at him. Not the person that did this. Also, I mean, that yes, the customer got taken advantage of. The drawing was shit. It could have been done in five minutes. It's definitely not worth $2,600. But the artist knew that they were going to pay for a drawing. I'm assuming knew that they were paying for just a drawing and that this wasn't going to go towards the cost of the tattoo. Um, That's something I would have never, as a customer, I would have never agreed to that in the first place. Right. Well, I think too, with a lot of people getting to the camp that I see getting uh, mad at the person putting on the seminars is more of like a traditional, like walk-in camp of tattooer. And that was kind of my whole takeaway from this is that, you have multiple distinct like kind of subsets of cultures and tattooing now where you have, you know, not everybody comes up in a walk-in shop, right? Um, where that's kind of like a foreign concept. Now there are people, you know, the person in the seminar is more gearing towards people who are doing these large elaborate pieces that take, you know, multiple, multiple sessions doing all these things like that. Um, but, you know, I just think my main takeaway is there's just kind of multiple different, subsets of tattooing now and different ways of going about it yeah where you know you could sit here and bash the dude or bash people who are doing it but i mean you know it's just it's not your type of tattooing it's not you know where you are at this moment you know so as far as that like you have tattooers that work in walk-in shops or used to like doing you know like consultations maybe even drawing things on the spot or you take a small deposit you don't charge for the drawing but you're also not doing that type of large-scale work so yeah. yeah I, 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 go ahead. I, I think it is important to point out that tattooing is not a monolith, right? It's not one thing. It's sure. many different people, many different processes, and many different points of view. And that, I think, has been a good thing in general for tattooing. Um, it, it has kind of been this decentralized, fragmented industry that because of that, it's been difficult for, for interlopers to get in and kind of penetrate and take advantage of and exploit the, the, the workers and, and the industry itself. But at the same time, it's, it's caused this, I feel like a lack of consistency in the passing down of, of ethics and, you know, the, the, the right way for things to function among tattooers because there's no accountability. People are just kind of like, I just do it my own way. And if you have 10 people, you're going to have 10 different ways to do it. Well, there's hundreds of thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of different ways to do it. And there's always some, some shitty people that are either dumb or malicious. that are going to take advantage of people. There's no way to avoid that. But you know, there's, there's just so many different ways to look at things and, everybody kind of says, well, that's not the right way to do it. Well, maybe not for you, but sure. clearly it works for some people. Uh, I, Clay and I came up from a time where um, you had to be able to produce on the spot. And it, you know what I mean? A customer comes in and they're like, I, I want an eagle. You know, you have to draw it right then. If it's not on the wall, you need to draw it right then because you've got to get that money because – Otherwise, the customer is just going to go to another shop. And and a lot of that is still true today. But you have a lot of artists that don't want to or are just incapable of doing that. You know what I mean? Sometimes sure. for certain artists, you know, they there's there's half a dozen different revisions and drafts before they finally get a drawing that they're happy with. 
um, when I was learning, those people just wouldn't have been in the tattoo business at all. Oh, you can't just draw this right now. Never mind. You know, sure. But tattooing now, we're we're attracting the level of artists that we're attracting is the the at the highest level in the history of tattooing ever. The people now, the artists that are coming into this business are fucking phenomenal. Sure. So, you know, not everybody's going to be able to operate the same. Um, that being said, unless you're at the highest levels, you know what I mean? Like the alpha set of tattooers, let's call them like, I don't, I don't you know, Jack Rudy or Ed Hardy or somebody like that you probably shouldn't be charging $2,600 for a shitty drawing. You know what I mean? If Ed Hardy had done that drawing, it'd be worth it, you know? Right, right. Well, I think, too, like, there's a, um, like, kind of, like, a pipeline now for, like, younger people. They're, like, phenomenal artists before they've ever even picked up a pencil, which, like, me, I got into tattooing before I really found interest in drawing. I drew here and there, but I kind of had to, like, hone my drawing skills to kind of, like, become a tattooer because I really love tattooing whereas now i see a huge inverse of that you have people like you're saying phenomenal artists you know coming a lot of them coming uh, straight out of art school i know in jacksonville it's a huge thing we have a couple art schools like magna schools and then they're 18 they start tattooing off rip but their tattoo ability is not caught up to their artistic ability but right. feeling that their art is worth so much or so phenomenal they're coming out the gate charging and you know i think a big part of that is how do you get from an entry level tattooer to that apex level without kind of going through that whole street shop experience and having, you know, doing, I guess the grunt work you would say to get to that point where a lot of people that like, come in they're just like, well, I'm appointment only running it like a private studio, you know, in their first, second year of tattooing. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that my, my wife was talking to a coworker yesterday and, um, the coworker didn't know that, you know, my wife was married to a tattooer. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. She said, my niece uh, went through an apprenticeship. She just finished her apprenticeship and um, has opened her own private studio now. So, and I've, I've heard that story many times before as people go in straight from apprenticeship into one of these like salon loft places where they're paying, you know, for a little space that's just them. Um. I feel like that person's mentor mentor kind of failed them. You know, they're completely cut off from other tattooers now and, and we learn from each other and they've yeah, well, isolated themselves. I, I think another thing to mention about that, that, that I rarely hear from anybody is that these people that learn how to tattoo and then go open their own shop or they move around from shop to shop, you know, five or six shops in five or six years, they're not in one place long enough to even see their fucking tattoos come back and see how right. they're healing. Like sure. that is one of the biggest things that helps you improve is seeing how your tattoo heals, seeing what you did in that particular tattoo, the needle configuration you use, the pigments that you use, part of the body that it's on, the kind of skin the customer has, all these different aspects of that. And if you're not seeing the tattoos come back for you know six months, a year, two or three years, five years, how do you know how they look? You don't know what to change and what to tweak and what to improve sure. on. You have to be in one place long enough to see that stuff come back if you want to be able to be a good tattooer, in my opinion. 
I mean, I've changed wildly. I mean, even now, sometimes I'll like, you know, try a new pigment and I won't use it again after seeing it. But, you know, you don't see those things for like at least a year. You tattoo yep. somebody. So you have to be in one spot. You have to have to uh, turn clientele and stuff. So, yeah, it's the private studio thing, too. I think, a, you know, it's it's a huge, like I said, I'm from Jacksonville. And it's a huge thing in Jacksonville right now. Like so many people have been tattooing a year. And then the kicker of that is they all have like two apprentices, you know, a year. <laughs> and then also have private studios, you know. So it's oversaturating the market. And I feel like, you know, I try to tell people, you know, like, you know, every time you do that, like you're, you're making your like gross income like go down and, and you know, some sort of way. Um, when you're over flooding, you know, simple supply and demand, you know, you, me personally, you know, that's how I look at it. You know, I wouldn't want to train eight people to go open up shops, you know, on the same street as me because this is not financially viable, you know, not saying that we should, you know, be, you know, uh, pretentious about, you know, who we let in or whatnot, but, you know, I don't think those most of those people are actually learning how to tattoo. I think that no. a lot of people have an apprentice so they can have a slave, so they can have somebody to take their trash out and go get them coffee and stuff like that. They're not learning right. how to tattoo. I mean, how well, many times back have you heard somebody say, oh, my apprenticeship was shit. I didn't learn anything. I fucking went and got coffee for these guys and swept the floor all day. That's it. Yeah. 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 Well, I think a lot of these people want sycophants too. They 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 want the 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 adoration of an apprentice, you know? Um, and yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, my apprenticeship was shit. And, and maybe it was, or maybe they didn't apply themselves. You know what I mean? Um, I also don't think these first year tattooers that have their own private studio, they're not motivated by money. They're, they're not, they're not thinking about how that could affect their income. If it will affect their income, um, if they were motivated by money, they'd be working in a busy walk-in shop. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? Building a clientele so then they can go open their private studio if that's if that's the goal. Um, there is a, uh, a female tattooer in Orlando that used to work for us. Um, she wanted to do appointment only. She went to a studio that did appointment only. That didn't work out. So she went to another studio that did appointment only. That didn't work out for her. So then she opened her own private studio in one of these salon places. Um, it lasted one month. Now she's moving to a different appointment only studio. Sure. sure. What What's the common denominator there? Hmm. Well, I mean, you might probably not be, you know, talented enough to, uh, you know, get clientele, you know. No, the flip side of that is there are, in my experience, a lot of people that do that and they do, they do stay relatively busy. Which, I mean, more power to them, you know, if you can do that. Um, yeah, it's not impossible. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that, though? Like, you know, I, I think, the, I mean, if that's what the customer's into, you know, um, and I think there's a, a, a newer generation of, of customers that they kind of expect that experience. Sure. Um, yeah. When when they call the shop and they're like, hey, do you guys take walk-ins? And I'm like, yes. All the time. They're surprised. They're like, well, yeah, yeah. really? I could get tattooed today? I'm like, yeah. You know, we're we're appropriately staffed to accommodate <laughs> walk-ins every day. I mean, sometimes you gotta wait, of course, depending on how busy we are, but and that's that surprises people. And it's usually younger people. I think it might be a boon, honestly, to the walk-in tattooers that there are so many people, you know, uh yeah. 
maybe giving that perception because now we get to get busy. Like, oh, there's yeah. a shop doing walk-ins. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of those guys also, when people do try to walk in and get a tattoo, they turn them down. You know, or they'll say like, hey, we don't do those kind of tattoos. Like they want a little Pinterest tattoo or something, a name. Like we don't do that. We only do this. They, they get these hyper specializations of, of you know, some sure. particular style. And that's all they want to do. Which, hey, man, that's cool with me. But I love Pinterest tattoos. I do too. I have I, fun with it. I mean, I don't, my buddy comes over and he's like, oh, do you hate doing that? And like, I was like, I just built a house. And he's like, yeah. I was like, not one of those light bulbs were paid with like, Daggers or Panthers, like that's all Pinterest, and it's great. Like, I don't like, you know, yeah. like, I like my house. <laughs> yeah, I used to tell people people would bitch about doing Tasmanian Devils because we did tons of them in the nineties. I'd be like, yeah. I love Taz. Like he bought me that sweet motorcycle and my car and everything. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah sure. I'm down. Well, so. I think going back to what you said too, and like me personally, like, you know, I've worked a lot of factory jobs uh, before I got into tattooing. I think when you have this, you know, you have this uh, art school, younger generation coming up, they've never, you know, I didn't start tattooing professionally until I was 25 full time. I was a piercer for a couple years before that, for a guy before that, but I had all these uh, odd jobs in between, you know, like working in factories as forklift operator, you know, construction, roofing. So I feel like a lot of people, um, when it comes back like charging these outrageous prices, um, they've never had like a real world concept of money. They've never had a real job. You have never worked for ten dollars an hour. So like you're scoffing at like, why would I do that for a hundred bucks? So it's like you're above making a hundred bucks in like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which I feel like, you know, like I said with the two different the walk in versus the private thing, you're also dealing with two different clientele at that point, right? You're dealing with, you know, sure. a roofer or you're dealing with a lawyer or a doctor. You know, you're having to have a different kind of a client base and a different pricing model based on that. So Well, and, and some people need a little bit of time. They can't just walk in and get a tattoo. It's too big of a decision. They've got to think about it. They need time to get used to the idea, stuff like that. So, so for them, you know, having to set an appointment and come back, it that works for them. And I, I'm certainly not not knocking that. I have customers no. that make appointments with me. I take walk-ins, you, you know, um, and that's and that's fine. But um, <clears throat> to get back to the 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 tattoo gate thing. Um, at least for me, the, the time that I spend for their drawing, um, I am getting paid for that. They're not handing me money for that drawing right then, but that's worked into the price of the tattoo. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and that's how it, that's how it used to be. Um, and I know, especially in other parts of the world, charging a drawing fee is completely normal. Clay, didn't you tell me in Japan, that was like a separate fee that you had to pay when you got tattooed was a drawing fee. Um, I don't know how they worded it exactly, but I definitely had to pay like a hundred dollars. And I think it was more like an appointment fee because when I got there, he had a couple of different images for me to choose from. And then he worked on it. Um, right then at that time too. So maybe I paid the drawing fee and then he drew it in front of me. Like, I'm not exactly sh sure how I remember they, they explained it to me, but there was definitely like, I had to pay a hundred bucks and I wasn't getting that money back no matter what. And, but it went towards a tattoo. Now that, that was definitely sure. part of it. So that's a, a different thing than, than this, this incident. Um, but you know, I, I got a small tattoo, man. It was a one shot, like the size of the palm of my hand and in a, in a 
shitty spot in the back of my leg because I don't have a lot of places anymore. But um, I definitely had to pay like 100 or 120 bucks at um, Three Tides when I got tattooed in Tokyo. Um, so I was used to explained everything. You know, it wasn't an unclear situation at all. Yeah, I'm always used to like I take it off the price of the tattoo. Like that's part of my deposit fee. Yeah, right. And I guess about so much, you know, usually whatever the shop's deposit fee is, that's what I'll usually, you know, take yeah. from a client if I have an appointment. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. in Jacksonville, it's like a hundred bucks, you know, but, you know, generally if I have to set an appointment with you, your tattoo is going to be at least like four or five hundred bucks just based on the type of work you're getting. Because if there's anything under that, I'll just go draw it, you know, on the spot. Right. It really depends on the volume, too. You know, if I have somebody walking and they want something bigger and I know I can draw it that day. But it's like a Friday and then they're open to making an appointment. And I know I can like do, you know, eight other tiny tattoos and make more money. And then have you come back on a Tuesday when it's slower, yeah. you know, that's yeah. just kind of part of the hustle trying to like maximize profit at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, that's, that's another thing too. It's, it's complex to, to be able to juggle walk-ins and um, uh, appointments in, in a busy walk-in store and have like, plan and figure out like, Oh, I can do this tattoo on this day, but I can handle these walk-ins today. That's, that's something that makes some tattooers life more difficult. And that is something that tattooers hate. They don't want their life to be more difficult. So they want to be as, as easy as possible. So they'll just do only appointments or only walk-ins, but doing a hybrid of that is, is, is actually pretty complex to be able to juggle all that stuff. Sure. I usually try to typically like set my appointments uh, in like the middle of the week, so like Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Of course. Try to keep myself open on weekends for walk-ins. So. Yeah. So what do you, what do you guys think about um, these tattooers that are like, you know, bigger name or, or well-established that are offering these kind of business advice to people? Um, because I, I think some of the advice is pretty damn good. I don't think that it's going to the right people necessarily. You know, I mean, you have some one, one or two year tattooer who's charging $1,500 for, for some drawing fee and all this other stuff. I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how do these people think that's happening? And why, why are these, these guys that are offering this business advice doing that for people that aren't ready for it? I don't get it. Well, I see, um, I see a guy online that's offering business advice. I'm not really sure what his shtick is because it's free. And um, he's just like doing these reels on, on, on TikTok or Instagram or, or whatever, um, offering advice. And, and um, I, I've shared a couple with you because some of it is, is so wrong. It's fucking comical. Um, but some of the times, you know, the guy makes a, a really good point. Um, and that's just out there for anybody. I think, Newer tattooers don't understand that, you know, you're not there yet. You know, you're not you're not the twenty six hundred dollar drawing fee level yet. Um, but some of these other guys that are doing seminars and stuff like that, like the the guy with I'm not going to say his name, the guy with the tattoo gate thing. Um, you have to pay to take his seminars. Okay. And um, I he has gotten to where he's at not just because he's a good tattooer, but because of his, his ability to promote and his, he's a good businessman. You know yeah, what I mean? Marketing. Yeah. And, um, uh, you got to get to a certain level before you can 
you know, before you should be charging somebody. I hate to word it like that because who am I to say what you should or shouldn't be doing? But you before you should be charging the $2,600 drawing fee, you might probably want to start operating at, a, at, at the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but obviously somebody was gullible enough to pay it. Um, and, and not even, even charging a drawing fee in of itself isn't bad. We've all had that customer that's made you make a thousand revisions <laughs> and you're like, motherfucker is never going to get this tattoo. They're just wasting my time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, at that point, maybe you should charge. Be like, okay, look, you want more revisions. It's going to be a hundred bucks. Um, but at the end, they own that drawing. If they don't get a tattoo, that's theirs. You give yeah. them the fucking drawing and y'all can go your separate ways. Um, I had a girl that was so crazy about how she wanted this fucking rose. I think it was like six different revisions and the last one, number seven, I just showed her the first one I drew and she went, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. You ever, you, ever, you ever say they want it smaller and you go to the back and act like you're shrinking it down and bring it back out? You're like, oh, it's the perfect size. I do that all yeah. the time. It's my favorite. <laughs> well, you can, there's a, there's a little trick here. I'm going to share this with you, Brett. When somebody says they want it um, smaller, you, you uh, take the, in, the paper out. So it's only the image with no, like, sheet of paper around it and you show them like you want this smaller right and they go yeah then you take that put it right in the middle of the page photocopy it take it back with the paper around it and be like like this right and they're like yes that's smaller because the paper makes it look smaller i actually hold it up to the body part where they want to get it for some perspective and usually they're like oh yeah that's cool yeah you know you want them smaller and smaller now too. Other people come in. I'm like, I can't. You might as well not get tattooed. That's really big. I'm like, that's the size of my thumbnail. Like, it's like as small as I can. I don't know what you want. Yeah. I so used I to think, look for a guy when when he if he walked by and you were doing a really tiny tattoo, he'd always go, "Oh, cool. You could come back later and get a magnifying glass tattooed around it." <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. That's great. That's fantastic. I think back to the, te the your question too. Um, I think a lot of it when you have people charging money for seminars, I think that um, you know there's a financial incentive there. Um, yeah. You got really successful yeah. off these seminars, off um, just your branding in general. I know a lot of people are doing uh, with Procreate brushes stuff like that. That's a whole yeah. other revenue stream because um, that's totally changed tattooing as well. Like um, as far as you know, walk-ins it makes it work easier, and then. As far as people um, giving free advice, I mean, that also, I mean, you know, you kind of are the product if you're on uh, social media and you're getting all these followers and all this generating all this clout and attention. You know, that's, you know, another form of revenue there as well. You know, so there's definitely an incentive, whether it's eyeballs or dollars, um, you know, to kind of branch out and do more. Um, and I don't. As far as why give it advice to like these people that aren't ready for it, I mean. Uh, where are you going to turn away money? <laughs> you know, well, yeah. Okay. So let me, let me put it like this then. I, I understand what you're saying. Like I get it. Sure. But sure. it's sort of like this. It's, it's, it's the same as somebody saying you shouldn't teach that person how to tattoo. Like that right. person is not right for tattooing. So you, you take that same standard because I think we can all understand that right. As tattooers, like there's some people Absolutely. that should not be tattooers. Absolutely. So you can figure that out with, with, 
probably a little tiny bit of due diligence to talk to somebody for 10 minutes and say, I'm not fucking with this person. But the same thing can be said about giving advice like that to people. Like, are you vetting these people you're, you're trying to give this business advice to like somebody that's been tattooing for one or two years has no business taking a seminar, learning how to get new revenue streams from, from uh, uh, booking fees and drawing fees and things like that. Like, you need to learn how to fucking tattoo first. Once you Absolutely. master that, then you can move on to marketing yourself and like building your clientele. And then you can move on to doing custom tattoos and like multi-session pieces. And then you can move on. Like there's a whole process sure, that, sure. that should occur before this happens. But what, does nobody care? Like what? I don't get it. Well, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. As far as why, uh, I don't want to make any ethical, you know, judgments i guess you have to ask them but <laughs> um i think too though with the marketing and branding thing right um you know like tattooing is so warped I, and it's not just tattooing it's everything in the world now around social media right everything is just driven by social media perception tattooing i feel probably you know this is just the world i work in um i feel like it's not an exception to that at all um, so I feel like a lot of people do start off with like trying to brand and get a following um, before they're actually, you know, focused on the, the other stuff first. Especially on Instagram, right? Like how many tattooers are famous off Instagram or like try to drive revenue off Instagram famous. or like you see yeah, famous, <laughs> right? Insta famous, I should, you know, um, but I think a lot of younger people chase that, right? Like that's like, you know, so it might be a generational thing too. You know, they grow up with phones. You know? Yeah. They don't remember the world prior to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, the, the people giving these seminars are not part of that generation as far as I can tell. So. No, no. Well, the one guy I mentioned earlier that's like doing all this free advice online, um, he's definitely younger. I don't know how long he's been tattooing, but he's he's definitely younger. And he, he's a fucking good tattooer. Yeah, sure. um, he's got some funny ideas about how to run a business. But, um, I mean whatever most people that open tattoo shops probably don't know how to run a business it's just you know through willpower or dumb luck or whatever that they actually make it you know um i I was astounded and this isn't just with tattooing but in general um during covid and during the shutdown um i was talking to uh, one of our landlords and she's like she's like i've gone from being a property manager to a therapist yeah he was like None of these people don't know shit about business or like she said, most of her tenants just instead of like going through the bullshit to get PPP loans, just stuck their fucking head in the sand. Yeah. Um, That's easy. (laughs) And, um, and she was just like, yeah, she's like the lack of like business skills. These people possess is fucking frightening. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it might not just be business skills. They lack, it might be motivation. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to get overwhelmed, especially when, you know, dealing with the fucking government, you know, yeah. they make that shit hard on purpose. Um, <laughs> Maybe you're navigating, when, navigating those websites. As well. uh, yeah. How do you not know how to build a I this better <laughs> on my iPad in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's, that's a whole new issue. Um, yeah, you know, you're talking about people giving seminars and stuff like that. It, it used to be a really normal thing for a tattoo convention, you know, when back in the days when there was just a few, um, they would have 
seminars on on a couple of the days that the artists could go to. You could pay some money and take this seminar. And um, I've gone to you know color theory seminars with Guy Atchison and some machine building seminars and stuff like that. And I don't know about all of them, but I know a lot of them. It was whoever was putting on the convention would reach out to an artist and be like, "Hey." I love the way you do stuff. Would you be interested in doing a seminar for us? Um, and that's usually how that came about. It wasn't the artist reaching out to the convention and be like, hey, let me do this seminar. You know what I mean? It was somebody, yeah. they were asked to do it, so they 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 did it. Yeah. I mean, there was a financial incentive there, of course. Sure. Um, but, and like I mentioned Guy Etchison, um, you know, he put out a book and a video called Reinventing the Tattoo. And um, I know that when you bought that, um, he wouldn't just sell it to anybody. You had to be a tattooer. Right. You know, it wasn't going to be a fucking instruction manual for somebody that hasn't had an apprenticeship. Right. It was geared towards people that already knew what they were doing. Um, and a lot of that stuff back then was like that. Now there's just social media, the internet, and everything has made it too easy to acquire stuff. And and a lot of people just don't fucking care anymore, you know. Yeah. Not now, not selling that to a uh, somebody who doesn't know how to tattoo is gatekeeping. And, and yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I think it's like you know it comes with the territory with the internet. Right? Like every everything's like cast out the bag. Like you can go on YouTube right now and watch oh, yeah. like thousands of videos. So I think yeah. maybe a lot of people might have. Like me personally, I I would want to sell out tattooing like that. But I mean, maybe some people have like the opinion. You know, it's already we're already here. There's no turn it back. You know, so well, yeah. I, I actually might as well profit off it while I can. And this, I wouldn't do that personally. But yeah, I have a girl that works for us, and um, she uh, she did everything wrong, but she's fucking awesome. <laughs> she she bought some equipment online during the shutdown during COVID, and watched some videos on YouTube. Tattooed herself and tattooed her friends. Right. And then went to a tattoo school <laughs> and um, then she went and got a job at, at, at a shop. Like, I don't think she realized it at the time that was absolute garbage and then came to work for us. And she's fucking awesome. Sure. And um, now that she has a little bit of knowledge, she's like, oh, Jesus, what was I thinking? But um, what it, it fucking that and, and determination got her where she's at now. It worked for her. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I would never advise somebody to do it that no. way, but you know, I, I I think tattooing finds the people that belong here a lot of times. Yeah, you know? so that's sure. that's good. I mean, it's it's sad that she had to go through all that, and I mean, I can't even imagine the kind of attitudes that she caught from telling people like, "Oh, I just taught, I bought some equipment, I started tattooing, went to tattoo school." Like, I can't even only imagine, you know, the the torment that she faced telling people that but. yeah i don't think she told people a lot because she had okay. worked for us for probably six months before before she told me okay so but something probably told her not to say that like she right. experienced something yeah, yeah, yeah. like whoa i'm yeah. not doing this anymore yeah there's probably yeah. a lot of people that don't even know that it's something frowned upon right oh yeah so. yeah. yeah well you know if you're from outside tattooing um uh, how would you how would you know uh, there was actually a shop uh, in in orlando that was i mean they had a fucking predatory apprenticeship program yeah. where they were seeking out primarily young females charging them a bunch of money for an apprenticeship where they didn't learn shit but they kept telling these girls that 
women aren't welcome in the tattoo industry and how fucking lucky they were to be slaves at this fucking shop that they paid all this money for. And that was really drilled into these girls' heads that, you know, they were lucky um, that they were being taken advantage of by this shop because nowhere else in tattooing was going to be an opportunity for them because we're all fucking, you know, chauvinist assholes. Um, yeah. It was fucking crazy. I hired one girl out of that. She went and told her friends and within a week I'd hired four people out of there. They're, wow. they're top four people. And they're gone now. So yeah. The, the shop is gone. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's another thing like shit that, is predatory like that never lasts long like so for example if you're going to be some shitty artist that's charging people deposits for not a deposit but a, a booking fee and uh drawing fee and all these other things and not ever providing a service for somebody you can't do that for long people no, are going to no. find out and they're going to well, say i'm not putting up with that shit well look what happened to the i mean the individual in the tattoo gate thing i mean I yeah. doubt that person will ever have a job again, you know, case on point. So. Uh, people will forget about it. It's some girl, well, yeah, sure. so it's some girl, she's going to have another spot somewhere. I'll tell you right now. I, I honestly have never seen anything with her name in it. I, I saw somebody posted a picture of her and like the name of her shop and with her name and everything, but it, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a comment slow. from her. It was like, this is a person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, there'll be some new outrage in a couple of months yeah. and she'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and hopefully she, she learned a lesson, you know? Oh, I'm sure she did. She's probably, the oh. poor girl's probably tormented right now. She's oh, my like God. She's yeah. up in a ball crying and just sad as fuck, like depressed, borderline suicide over this thing. And that she probably had no idea she was even doing anything wrong. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. Because yeah. I, I, I always do that without knowing any, anything otherwise. I'm just going to assume she's not a bad person. She's Canadian, so I can go either way. <laughs> Well, she's a, she's got money for therapy now. So. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, of course. Cool. That's good. Yeah. Well, info. Is is there anything else you guys think that needs to be addressed in in this topic? I mean, I I you know, the issue itself is whatever, but I think the response to it is really what what I thought was interesting, you know. Yeah, it, the response is ridiculous and it's a lot of fucking virtue signaling cunts. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um I've seen some people make some good points, but and I've seen some fucking hilarious, oh, hilarious yeah. memes about it. Yeah. Thank you, Internet, for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Internet undefeated. <laughs> but yeah, so much, so much virtue signaling. You know, it's just ridiculous. Um, a drawing fee in of itself isn't a bad thing. I, I don't do that, but I understand why some people would. And if you are, you know, a top tier tattooer, um, I totally get it because, you know, there's a huge demand. You only have so much time and charging fees like that is definitely going to separate the wheat from the chaff. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it's you're only going to get the most serious clients that want the big pieces and can afford that if you're doing that. But first year tattooer, probably not a good idea. You know? Well, I think a lot of uh, people doing the virtue signal, you're saying you're probably first year tattooers yourself, right? <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Do not, not I don't know. Not everybody. You know, you have a lot of people virtue signaling, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I, my closing thought just, you know, I think um, there's nothing inherently wrong with charging drawing fees or anything like that. I think, you know, the main issue I saw with it was just the amount of effort uh, yeah. given. Yeah, that was awful. 
to the yeah. price point. But other than that, I mean, like I said, like tattooing is changing. There's multiple different cultures in tattooing. And like all you can really do if you want to like make an impact on it is like put out better advice. Yeah. Be, well, be the change you want to see in it. So just bitching yeah. on the internet. <laughs> I, I things think like this come in handy. So. Yes. I think the main thing I personally take away from this that is good advice for everyone is be good to your customers and treat them well. Otherwise, somebody else will. Yeah, that's really what I get out of this, you know? Yeah, for sure. And honestly, just be clear with the customer, you know, and as a customer, you, you know, you should make your expectations clear to your artist. And, um, you know, because we as artists or customers, we all have expectations from each other and and maybe some preconceived ideas of how it's supposed to be. And everybody needs to be on the same page, you know, explain things fully to your customer. And, and if you're worried about, you know, explaining some shit to your customer, maybe you need to re-examine your business practices. Yeah, absolutely. Transparency is important. Um, all right. Thanks, guys. Hey, Brett, can you uh, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, follow you, things like that? Yeah. So um, my main uh, avenue um, is on Instagram as far as uh, where you most my business uh, outreach. Um, it's Patches Tattoos on Instagram. And then I'm traveling between uh, Valley Art Studio in Jacksonville, Florida and uh, Atomic Tattoos down in Tampa, Florida. So right. I relocate here full time. <laughs> right on. Thanks, right Brett. On. Thank All you right. guys. It was nice to meet you. All you right. As well. Have a good All one. Right. Yep. See ya. Thank you for listening to I Love Tattooing, hosted by Jack and Clay. Our website is ilovetattooing.com. If you'd like to contact us, we can be reached by email, clay at ilovetattooing.com or jack at ilovetattooing.com. Please email us if you have questions or comments or show topic ideas you'd like to hear us discuss.